Welcome to Unabashed You, conversations to become who you already are. The focus at UY is to be who you are without apology, for you are one of a kind, without equal. Be encouraged as these conversations will help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Your companion to the whimsy and beauty of the human spirit, Rochelle Condi now. For by request this week, we have Mylin as our guest. She has some very deep, profound wisdom to drop on us today. I'm still reeling from the way she framed her nugget of wisdom. Mylin wants us to put the effort into loving ourselves because it's worth it. We're worth it. Mylin and I met through an online course. I've enjoyed getting to know her a bit, and I'm looking forward to hearing more during our conversation today. Here's what I know so far. She lives in the Netherlands and is a warm, kind, thoughtful woman. Welcome to the show, Mylin. Thank you. And thank you so much for your kind words. Well, they're easy. They're very easy. Is there anything you want the listeners to know about you before we get started? Um, I have. I've thought about this and there's this one thing I often hear from people that they feel a bit intimidated by the energy they feel from me. Interesting. Yes. And I always um, say to people, if the en- at the end of our interaction, you feel like I'm really powerful. I want you to remind yourself that that same power is within your yourself. Wow. That's very, gosh, what great advice to give them. Thank you. And I, I, I mean, I myself don't pick up that vibe from you at all. I'm, in fact, I almost a little bit find it surprising. I mean, yes, you're a strong woman, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't find your energy intimidating at all. So I don't know. I don't know what to <laughs> say about that. Which, which three words would you use to describe yourself? Um. I think it would be adamant. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, courageous and soft. Ooh, adamant, courageous, and soft. That paints such a a really balanced, uh, varied picture. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Have you ever played this two truths and a lie? It's where you say three things about yourself and one of those things is not true. And I have to to figure out which one that is. Yeah, I haven't played it before, but I read it from the information you gave me before. So I have to give it some thought. Okay, great. I've got a whip. I'm older than 30. Okay. I'm a sweet tooth. (laughs) <laughs> yes and um what was the last one i i love 90s music 90s music okay um older than 30 has a sweet tooth and you love 90s music oh boy okay so i mean i have a sweet tooth too so how can you not have a sweet tooth i'm going to put that one aside and so it's now 90s music and if you're over 30 um I think you could be like just over 30. So I'm going to say that one's true. And so I'm going to say that maybe you don't love 90s music. That's I'm going to say that's the lie. I do love 90s music. <laughs> it's okay. my favorite. It's your favorite. 
Yeah. What is name two bands you like from that that time? Oh period. my gosh, which one? I love the Backstreet Boys. I love <laughs> anything from the '90s. Actually, Britney Spears. I know it's like people paint it as bad music, but it just brings me back it's- to like dancing to the beat and just loving the music. You know what? You get to love whatever you want to love. That's what this is all about. So yeah, there's there. Yeah. You get to embrace your love for the nineties music. Okay. So nineties music is true. Do you have a sweet tooth? I do not. Oh my gosh. It's so hard for me to relate to as someone who has a sweet tooth. Okay. You don't have a sweet tooth. So that was the lie. And then it's true then that you are over 30. Yes. I'm 31. Oh my gosh, just over, just but over. But I added this one because a lot of people think I'm like 20, 25, which, yeah, usually I have to show my idea if I go to like to the supermarket and buy things like liquor, I have to show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have such a classically beautiful face that you really could pass for a lot of ages. You know what I mean? Yes, thank you so much. Yes, very much so. One of your favorite movies of all time. I'm not much of a movie watcher. That's okay. I've told you before, but I love Home Alone. <laughs> oh, that is a classic, a modern classic. Home Alone. Yes. It's so sweet. And do you consider it a Christmas movie? Because it does take place at Christmas time. Yeah, I do consider it a Christmas oh, movie. And okay. Christmas is kind of my, I just, I just love the feeling of Christmas. I'm not religious, but I just love like the whole, I guess the ambience around Christmas. I just love it. Yes. Yes. A lot of people really love Christmas for a variety of reasons. And there are a lot of festivity. There's a lot of goodwill and, and uh, good spirit out there. And so I, I, Christmas is one of my favorites as well. Name a woman that inspires you. Lady Gaga. Okay, very good. Okay, why does Lady Gaga inspire you? Not so much. Well, she does make great music, but I, you see her, like there are a lot of um, online videos of her interacting with fans or people who are less fortunate. And she is so gracious with those people. Mm. And I just, I just love that. She's so kind and humble. Mm-hmm. And the way she treats people and the way she talks to people, you just c- can just sense that she treats people on the same level. It doesn't matter who she is. You're exactly the same as she is. Right. Well, and that that takes a real sense of humility, right? To, to be able to be, you know, attain the level of success that she has yeah. and retain that. Did you like A Star is Born, the movie? I haven't watched it because okay. I'm not- much of a movie watcher. <laughs> okay. You're talking to an avid movie watcher. Oh. Yeah. It, you know, if you ever get around to seeing it because uh, you like her, then you, you, you may end up enjoying it. All right. Name a piece of wisdom you keep handy. I always try to remind myself that if I'm destined to lose something, that I'd rather lose it from reality than from my mindset. And that's wow. To me, is a life sentence. That is, my gosh. Okay, if you're gonna lose something, you'd rather lose it in reality. Is that what you said? Than 
kind of like anticipating losing something like in your mind, like it didn't happen or didn't happen yet. Is that kind of what you're, tell me where that, where did that come from? Because that seems like a very profound, well thought out piece of wisdom. It's because I'm really, I always try to motivate people to try. Mm -hmm. And in the past, I've been very anxious and scared of taking opportunities, but it, I really noticed that being scared of taking opportunities, it keeps you stuck and you're losing to something that's in your head. And for example, let's say um, you like someone, but you think, oh, maybe they don't like me and you don't even make any efforts to connect with them. Then you're losing to something in your head. And then I'd rather lose to reality, finding out that they actually don't like me than to think they don't like me oh my gosh that really is a very good way of framing that I really I really appreciate obviously the time thought and experience that went into you putting that together and articulating it so well I think that's gonna really speak to a lot of people and I I I couldn't agree more I love the way you put it that if if you don't try, how will you know? Right? Yeah. And you're keeping yourself what I said. It's like really a life sentence to always um, act. Uh, well, not actually not act upon the things that you think. Because you think they don't like you. You think that you won't make it. You think that you can't do it. But you never really know. So you're holding yourself captive in a prison that's in your head. Yes. Oh my gosh. That really, Nylin, that is just really astounding and remarkable. I'm, I'm just, I'm so moved by that. I really am. Thank you for putting some, you know, great thought into that and, and sharing that nugget with us. That is a, that is a keeper for sure. All right. It's time to take the deep dive. And this is where we talk about it might be what you're promoting uh, or uh, not even promoting signing the right word sharing on social media or your passion let's talk about that my passion it kind of touches my social media but i think i do this with everyone i meet in my life too and i really love for people to really put the effort in to start loving and accepting themselves mm, very so good because we are very it's very natural for a lot of people to be hard on themselves. I think so. And are we learning in the course that we're taking or, and I've heard it elsewhere that the majority of our thoughts in, in any single day are negative. I mean, percentage wise, scientifically, and probably that had something to do with survival, you know, trying to, to make it through, but it, it doesn't really serve us very well anymore. I don't, it doesn't seem to me. Okay, so what do you want to do with this passion that you have of of people of wanting people to understand that they're the stuck part is in their head? And what's the worst thing that can happen if someone tries for the thing? I think the the thing that's keeping people from trying from it is that they are afraid to find out that it's true that they are a bad person and they are really not that good. Oh, interesting. Like they fear that it's, that it's going to be true. Yeah. How often do you think that's even the case? 
I mean, not not in numbers, but just in general yeah. generalities. For me, um, I really love people. So I think it's never true. <laughs> I think that's so great. <laughs> I think that's so great. But it's so getting back to they're afraid of the thing turning out their worst fear. They're, they're afraid their worst fear is going to be true. And then, and you're saying that actually that's it almost isn't even possible that this thing that they're thinking of, it, it can't, it can't be what they're thinking it's going to be. I think um, for the, maybe it's good to share the story I got here. It's because um, my mom and she's no, she's passed away, but she Sorry. had a lot of mental issues and a lot of things to deal with. And she was very kind to other people, but always very hard to herself. Mm. And that caused her to take out a lot of her problems onto me. Mm. And I know in my heart, I, I know that, that my mom loved me so deeply, but even that love wasn't enough for her to stop her from projecting all the things she had in her head onto me. Mm. And that was because she didn't, she couldn't accept that there were things about her that she deemed bad that weren't actually bad. She mm. always had to help other people, which created no space for herself. Um, but we all, everybody needs to help themselves sometimes, but she wouldn't oh, allow herself to do that. So that created so much inner turmoil that she would project it onto her kids. And I think if, yeah, that's something. Okay. So you, you share this experience with siblings. So it, you weren't an only child. You, you shared this. And so have you and your siblings had like a conversation, a healing type of conversation about, Hey, mom did the best she could do, but you know, it really wasn't everything we needed. It wasn't everything we wanted. Or have you done that more within your individually or both? More individually, because the situation, it's a lot more complicated. And I, I was the person everybody oh. came to, to talk about those things. Okay. So it's really, <laughs> the dynamic is very difficult for me to uh, get the support the other way around. Right. Because, right. Got it. Because just group dynamics are truly fascinating. They really are. I mean, within a family, within, you know even classrooms and, and different, um, you know, different small groups even kind of develop their own group dynamic. And it's, it's almost like, well, they are like an entity, you know, an entity that has different characteristics. So somehow early on you became the survivor, the strong one, the one that everybody went to, to kind of air out their grievances and whatever it was. And they looked to you to be the ear and the shoulder and all of that, that, that I'm guessing was probably part of a tremendous compliment and part very validating and affirming, but then also on another side was I'm imagining exhausting and overwhelming and stressful. Yeah, it was, it's now that I'm 30, that 31, I'm <laughs> happy that I could do that for them. And I've learned a lot from it, but it also has taken me a lot of energy and 
um, time of my life to set those things right for myself again, because I didn't have time to become an adult. So mm. as I already was an adult, I had to be a parent to myself again. Right. What a wonderful opportunity, though, that you had that you saw, hey, there was some stuff I didn't get. Now I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to, you know, whatever it was, therapy, journaling, thought process, ponderings, whatever, however, we can get all that out and sort of look at it and sort it and get it kind of to a point where we can really and when I say get on the other side of it, I I don't think we're ever really done. I really don't. I think we're, you know, it's it's a process. It's we're we're moving, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. And then I'm I'm hopeful that, well, one, I'm sorry to hear that your mom had all the had all of these struggles. And and because she had these struggles, she couldn't help but um kind of share them or however you want to think of it or project them. You use that word onto you and the others. Um, do you, are you to a point where you can see the gifts that she was able to bring you even amongst and amidst all of the, the yeah, struggle? Definitely. It is. It's also, I don't see it necessarily as a, it's not, I wouldn't call it a good thing, but not a bad thing either. And I do think she has given me a lot um, to pro actually I have, I, I had the same problems as she had when I was younger mm -hmm. because she projected it on me, but I've had the opportunity to heal these things. And my mom being, um, she was from Vietnam. So they fled to the Netherlands from the war mm -hmm. and she had no opportunity. She just mm. had to work really hard and, you know, make money for the family. So there was no time to fix mental problems. Right. And she has given me and my dad education and with that, a, a stable job. So I could have um, mm. no finance, financial problems to mm. uh, worry about. So I could focus on mental issues and healing those. Right. I, and I like that you're, you recognize that as a gift, even though, like you said, it wasn't a good thing, but good things came from it. And I, I, I love that you're able to, that you're able to see that she really did the best she could do with what she had and her experience and all of the different things that made her, her, she, that was, that was her best. And I think as children, particularly grown children, that's such an important place to arrive at, to realize that your parents were human. They were um, finite. They, you know, because when we're really little, we just think, oh, my gosh, you know, you're, you know, we, we, we don't even recognize the humanity of our parents until yeah. later. And then when we realize that and like, I didn't get this and this and this. But now it's up to us to get the this and this and this. It's it's no longer there. They did what they knew how to do. And that's why, you know, one of my inspirational women is Maya Angelou. Just, you know, she will, the, the I think it, she's the one that said, I did the best I knew how to do at the time. And when I knew better, I did better. And I think that's just so true. Is so, okay, so you're, you're, 
your family fled to the Netherlands uh, because of the war. Mm -hmm. And so were you born and raised in the Netherlands then? Yeah, I was born and raised. Oh, wow. That is so great. What is, again, this is just a complete aside, because I, I, I wish I could tell you that I can access the Netherlands file in my brain, but it's, it's, it's got cobwebs and other things around it. So I, what, what, what's the main language of the Netherlands? Dutch. Dutch. Yes, there it is. Dutch. So you grew up speaking Dutch. Yes, I did. And did your mother teach you Vietnamese or whatever the dialect for your area, her area was? The time that taught me Vietnamese, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a disgrace to say I speak Vietnamese. (laughs) Okay, but you understand little bits and pieces. Yeah, I do, yeah. And then did you grow up um, in the school system, they wanted you to know English as well? Uh, Yeah, in the Netherlands, everybody actually is taught English. Okay. Gosh, you know, that is so remarkable. I, I'm so, I am admiring of countries that, you know, really take a second language seriously. And I'm not saying it has to be English. I don't, I, I think I probably couldn't even learn English today if I were speaking it for the first time. It's the rules don't always work. And there are so many exceptions that I don't even know why there's a rule in the first place. And it, it just strikes me as such a hodgepodge language of some Latin, some of this, some of that, some of that. I mean, it's, it's a melting pot language, just like our country. So I admire anybody who, you know, speaks English well, who learned it from, you know, like you got to learn it from an early age because your school system said, no, this, we need to, we're going to do this too. Well, that's so cool. It's actually really funny because I have family and I know some people in, in the U S and it's like everybody there is just like you. So, um, would I say amazed at the (laughs) they teach us in Europe? Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, we would say that for sure. I had mm, three years of Spanish in high school, another couple in college. No, it's fluent, not even anywhere close. I can conjugate a lot of verbs. You get me a sheet of paper and get me some mm-hmm. Spanish verbs and I can conjugate them, but that's not going to help me in conversation at all. It's because the Netherlands has a lot of neighboring countries with different languages of course so that's I guess that's why because the U.S. has uh, Canada which also speaks English you have <laughs> Germany true. and France and well England the UK next to us so I guess so do you true. speak any other languages besides the, the uh, Dutch and English and uh, you both. understand a smattering of Vietnamese yeah and German looks a, sounds a lot like Dutch so oh could like kind of understand what they're saying and okay. we're taught French and I have family and friends, but I wouldn't say I would manage, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's really wonderful. And I imagine that you've done a fair share of traveling being so close to the other countries, probably not in the last year and a half, but before that and, and all. I actually love traveling outside Europe. Okay. So I've been more outside of Europe than in Europe. Okay. And what, what have been some of your favorite places to go visit? Wow. 
Um, I've been to Japan, which I thought was great. South Korea. Wow. Yeah. I've been to China, but that was on this organized trip. So I, I learned from that that I don't really like organized trips. <laughs> so, yeah, I love Asia. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I'm wondering if the organized trip to China was like a better way to see China since it's, you know, a restricted kind, you know, you can't just wander around, right? I mean, maybe a little bit, but not completely. I'm not sure, actually. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've heard of friends who've been to China without an organized trip. So just by themselves, which was uh, fun so and great. So I guess it is possible, but I'm not sure how much. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Will you head back at some point? Are you, are you going to go back? Um, I have so many more other countries. <laughs> okay. So I'm not sure if it's possible in this lifetime. Right. I get you. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's only so much we can go do and see. Right. Yeah. Um, anything else that you want to chat about in conclusion before we wrap up? Um, no, nothing much. The main message for me is always for people to really spend time with themselves and learn to love every part of themselves, whether they see it as good or bad. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I agree with that completely. And I think sometimes when we talk about like self-fulfillment or I think for some people, it brings a very selfish connotation, but I don't think that's how I mean it. I don't think that's how you mean it either. I think anything before you can really give you, you have to have it all within yourself first, right? Because if you're not really all, you know, if you're not fully healthy, then how can you share that with somebody? How can you share the best of you with someone else if you're not even there yet? That And that's how I mean it. And I think that's how you, kind of what you're speaking to, yeah. like healing the places that need healing and um, moving forward in the best way possible. Yeah. And everything, I think we should learn everything is perspective because we are as human beings, we really like to put things as, you know, label good and bad. And that's it. You know, there's only, this is, this is always good. And this is always bad. But for example, I would ask you, if you were to say self-fulfillment is selfish, why is selfish a bad thing? Like I really mm. want you to think about that. The story behind why is selfish a bad thing? Why is that a bad word? Sometimes selfish is a bad thing, but yes. sometimes selfish can also be a good thing. Oh, I, yes. Yeah, we tend to see it as one bad thing, but it isn't. It's just oh, I, a label. And I agree with you. And I think it's, again, like we're saying, it's very healthy you, that you need to start with yourself. What I'm, I'm thinking that some people view it with a pretty negative connotation, like almost like a hedonistic, you know, kind of a vibe to it. And, and I, I'm, I mean, for me, I'm talking about a really healthy place to be not a I don't ever think of anybody else I don't ever notice anybody else's needs I don't mean it like that at all I just think you need to be um, kind of fully realized within yourself before you can share your goodness and the gifts that you have to share with other people yeah and rather than going uh, just listening to the word selfish you need to feel what you're doing because our body knows when we're being selfish when it's a bad thing and when it's a good thing, because when be, taking care of yourself feels good, it's never a bad thing. It, that's maybe 
be called selfish, but it's not a bad thing. No, I agree. Sure, someone will call you selfish, but you need to feel within, is this really selfish to me? Or is it self-care? Because I, you know, like we're talking about, you need to explore who you are, discover who you are, own who you are, love who you are. I mean, all those things. And I agree that things are not black and white. Rarely are they black and white. There's so much gray, many, many shades of gray between black and white. And that's where most things reside, right? Somewhere in the grays. And, you know, I like gray. (laughs) Gray's a good color. (laughs) Nothing wrong with gray. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation, my Lynn. Thank you so much for your your time, your your wisdom. I mean, 31, and look at the wisdom you are packing there. My goodness. Thank you so much. Yes. Gosh, I'm I I get very energized and excited by uh, the you know the different revelations that people share about their thought process and the different um ways that they look at things it I find that uh, very encouraging and yeah back to the word exciting it it just it really uh, brings me a lot of spark and a lot of joy so I thank you for that oh thank you so much for inviting me you're so welcome all right we will talk very soon in fact I think we've got a call tomorrow right yes we have one tomorrow (laughs) yes okay I'll see you then my Lynn thank you so much Thanks for coming on. Bye-bye. Is it just me or does my Lynn sound a lot like Isabella Rossellini? There's a depth and a richness to her voice, so it's a compliment. I was mesmerized listening to her share with us the role she played in her family and how it helped form who she is today taking all that happened and becoming the best version of herself she could. I admire that in her. The Unabashed You website has a page for each guest, filled with photos, quotes, and a blog with embedded audio at unabashedyou.com. You can find the show on other podcast platforms. Want to lend your support and encouragement? We invite you to subscribe, follow, rate, review, and share. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find us under Unabashed You. If you want to connect, the email is unabashedyou at gmail.com for questions, comments, and anything else. If you want to be part of our weekly emailing list highlighting the week's episode, give us a shout. We'd be happy to add you, and your info will never be shared. Website visits, social media, and word of mouth in sharing these episodes makes us discoverable, so thanks for your support there. We want these conversations to help you think, celebrate who you are, and move you in some way. Be encouraged as you continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now our blessing. Regardless of your upbringing, or maybe because of it, be all you are meant to be. Don't skimp. Don't short yourself on being you. It's important. All that this life has to offer can only be found in showing up as the best version of yourself. So discover explore, expand, be unabashed, be you. (laughs) ¶¶